Well, good evening, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Chat with Papa Joe. As promised, this is going to be the first of the, uh, I think we're going to try to do this in two parts. Uh, hang on, and you ain't never heard civics explained to you like this. All right? Okay, well, let's let's kind of kick this off here. And... We're going to start this off here. The reason that we that we did this is, uh, you know, like I've said in the previous episode, a lot of things seem to turn political because that's just how people identify things these days. But what they don't know is that uh, the whole political marketing scope of things, and that's what it is, is political marketing. It's not politics. It's not statesmanship. It's political marketing. It tends to overshadow some things. And what it does is it takes away a lot of Americana away from the kids. And it's taken a lot of things away from the kids. So before we start this, we're going to start out with, with a, there, there's going to be three caveats. The first thing you need to know is this is a chat with your grandfather or your uncle or whoever about civics. All right. This is sitting down at the table on the porch, on the couch, in the wood shop. That's how the discussion is going to go. I'm not, I'm not going to use notes. There's no notes right here. We're not going to look at notes or anything else. There's, these are things that should be common to you that you should that you should know. The second caveat is this topic can be as simple or as complicated as you want to make it. So before all you haters come out here and start out with the well, you forgot to mention. Look at these are just some things that you really should know to be an active American, which means that these are just basic guidelines. Not everybody needs to be a tinfoil hat. Not everybody needs to be a mouthpiece for the Democrat or Republican or Libertarian Party. Not everybody's got to live this. Some people really don't want to delve into the writings of our founding fathers. Not everybody wants to delve into the Federalist Papers and Thomas Paine and and all the different aspects of Lincoln and that's all statesmanship that a lot of people really, really, really don't want to get into. And that's fine. Or if it's a hobby, go to the library. Again, Gen X, you know, go see a Gen X or if you can't find a library, they'll point you in the right direction. Or go to Google and expound on it if you want to. But you've got to at least have these ideas in the back of your head. So part, you know, caveat number three is we're taking this from an aspect of civil versus social. That's why it's called civics. There's civic law and there's social law. Social law is, you know, what do you do when you encounter an old friend, when you're opening doors for ladies? That's social law. How do you interact with your neighbors? It's social law. It's dictated by where you go, where you're from, and all that stuff. But what we're talking about, what's really impacting America, is, is the civic side, civil law. Things that are coming from your basic American ideals. Your basic American tenants, basically. I just said basically twice. There's an English teacher back in Tioga Center just cringing right now, I'm sure. But really, these are things that you just need to keep in mind. As you're hearing the news, as you're watching your news or wherever you get your news from, as you're watching it, these are things that you use to separate stuff out and go, that ain't none of y'all's business. We don't we don't need to know about that or you're getting overly involved or you can't promise that. That's not yours to promise. And so these are things civics runs down to where there's five we, they're they're called five pillars. Now, I'm not a teacher. I'm not a professor. Different places that you go will say there's four, there's three, there's six basic pillars, but they come down 
into these basic five five tenets, five pieces of a foundation of civics that you need to know before you enter into an argument of over who is stupid, who's not stupid, or anything like that. And the first one is is uh, called consent of the government, are also called popular sovereignty. You're going to hear those two things. And basically what that means is we rule ourselves. We set our feet down and we said, hey, this is how we're going to do this. We are, we run our country. We pick the people, but we run the country. We don't answer to a king. We don't answer to a prime minister. We don't answer to a damn person. They answer to us. And that is very different. That's one of the Achilles heels of the Republic of America. The people that we put in office are not our bosses. We are their bosses. They're there to maintain administratively a government, maintain an infrastructure, maintain certain safety standards. They're not there to make us feel good. We feel good. We make ourselves feel good. We utilize our freedoms. In other countries, even where they say they have freedom, they ask for it. They ask for permission to exercise it from the governing bodies. So that that is where we derive that from. That is, to me, that is the essence of American right there. The second, the second thing we're going to talk about is limited government. What that means is that we give the government the rules, and they stay in the rules. They don't make any more rules. Our Constitution was made up by a collective that said, this will kind of fit in for everybody, this will fit in for everybody, this will fit in for everybody. And it has to be limited because we have microcultures. Look, when we first started, we were like 13 different microcultures, okay? And they and honestly, they didn't get along. Nobody liked Georgia. New England states, well, they were just kind of dopey living in a cloud. New York has always thought it was in charge. New York and Philadelphia. The Carolinas just wanted to make money. Leave us alone. We're making money. We're making a good living. Leave us alone. But they knew they had to band together, so they had to come up with collective rules. And the only way you can do that is by going to the least common denominator, which is the limited government. The least common denominator is the most simple. Stay out of it. Stay out of our business. Just tell us what we need to get along. That is along with the consent of the governed, those two things go hand in hand. They have to, because if they don't, if you lose limited government, you really do lose the consent of the governed. You lose your own sovereignty. And that's that's bearing out right now when we have politicians and we have people up there and we're teaching the kids the same theory. It's It's moving down through the families. What we start on the news is moving its way down through society. If everybody says I'm right or everybody wants me to be in charge, I'm in charge. You come and ask me. I am the subject matter expert because I am in charge. I know what's best for you because everybody told me I know what's best. Well, then what that does is that leads into, well, then if I'm going to do this, I need more power. You're not listening to me, or I know how to do this. You go sit down. I will tell you what to do. Does that sound familiar? Gen Xers, have you not heard this a hundred million times? I know what's best for you, so I'm. So you're going to do what I tell you to do. And, the, and that's going to come down to the rule of law. The limited government has a way, does have a way of saying, this is what it, what we're going to do. Whatever they agree on, they pass it down to a rule of law. Again, these are civil laws. These are laws that no matter where you go, you will find them in one form or another. And, and what they're based on is all those amendments out of the Constitution. Those three things right there form, to me, the cornerstone of the foundation of our, of our society. And we've forgotten that. 
the government works for us and they're limited. The government's not there to fix everything or do anything extra. They're not there to provide us with anything except an infrastructure. That is it. They don't deal with neighbors that don't like neighbors. If your neighbors don't like you, your neighbors don't like you. That's, it is what it is. You can't, you can't argue it. You can't go off and, and, and expect the government to create another law. The more laws that there are created, the less limited the government is. The less limited the government is, the more you lose your sovereignty. You lose your being. You now become a ward of the government. That ain't American, man. That ain't American. I'm not a ward of the government. I'm here. We have a government elected officials to run our our government. And basically, the best way to look at it is look at it like a, a company. Let's break it down into something that's real easy. How many people have seen the movie Mr. Deeds? Look at it. I'm asking you into a microphone like you're going to all raise your hands or not raise your hands. Papa's, Papa's not very smart. Let's get some brain juice going. But here's the thing. You have a company and all these investors get together and they invest into a company, a, a big old twidget company. But they don't want to run the company. They know it's a good idea. It's a good money-making thing. Everyone's going to profit in one way or another. So they elect a board of directors and appoint a CEO. That CEO has rules. And if you think about that movie or even other movies where they're talking about companies like that, what's the CEO and what are the board of directors always doing? They're A, looking out for the best interest of their investors because they are scared the investors are going to fire them. And B, they're holding each other accountable. How can we maintain our power, our control, things like that? And those are always the bad guys in the scenario. That is how you look at society. Your government is there to provide you. You're the investor. You want to be able to go golfing, hunting, fishing, skateboarding, whatever the hell it is you want to do. Go hug a tree. You want to be able to do that. You don't want to spend all day crunching a budget and dealing with foreign powers, maintaining roads. No, we hire people to do that. And so when they start getting out of control or people start promising stuff, you got to ask, where is that coming from? How are you going to do that with the limited power you have? Because you, you, you don't have that power, man. I've always said that about, and like I say, I'm a conservative and I did support Donald Trump, but every once in a while I have to sit back and go, dude, you don't have that power. And every power that's in there, we'll get into later about the whole checks and balances and that kind of stuff. That'll be in tomorrow's episode. But it's designed, the system is designed, uniquely designed, that nobody has that power. Once one person, once your CEO has enough power that he thinks he can do whatever the hell he wants, the board of directors steps up and goes, no, we're in charge. Or the board of directors says, no, we kind of want to go in this direction. Well, then the CEO goes, nah. And all he should be saying is, do we have the assets and does it abide by the Constitution? If not, the people need to work it out themselves. And that will get into other episodes of how we can work it out ourselves, how to teach your kids to work it out amongst themselves. That's a long lost art that's getting even more lost now. Kids go and they find other ways, other people to make people get them their way. We don't want it. You don't want that. Trust me, you don't want that. Once that starts happening, you lose your social law, 
and the government has to be involved. Well, if the government's involved in everything, you don't really have it. You don't you don't really have anything. It's not you anymore. Now it's the collective. I believe that's a Star Trek reference, the collective. The collective is not a good thing. So keep those things in mind. If you notice, that was short, sweet, and to the point. You own it. It's about you. And the only way to keep it about you is to keep everybody else out of it. And that is how you do it. And the reason for the, all this is is you have what what we end up having here in America is, is the two types of Americans, the active and the passive American. The active American is one who gets involved, who knows this, and, or at least has some activity when they move forward with voting, with commenting. Even if you're commenting amongst your peers and you're commenting on something that you, you now have the availability with, with social media nowadays, that you can actually physically inter, interact with the people that you've hired to run your government. It didn't used to be like that. You used to have to, even back in the old days, get on a horse and go to your state capital or national capital, request an audience. Nowadays, it's as simple as replying on Facebook or Twitter or anything like that. But in order to have an effective response, you need to understand where it's coming from. That's being an active American. The passive American? Well, here's here's the passive American. The passive American is the person, I'm an American. I was born in America, so I'm an American. What have you done? You just happen to be, God just happened to put your soul into a body on these shores. The soul right next to you got chosen to go to Ethiopia. You're So you're not Ethiopian. You're not English or French. You're American. How How are you claiming any pride? How are you claiming any distaste or distrust in it? You had no say in where you went. But you happen to be here, so woohoo, I'm a proud American. No, you're not. You're a happy American. Find your words. Go back to that thesaurus and find the proper word. You're not a proud American. You're a happy American. You're happy that this soul came here and not Ethiopia in 1984. Trust me. Trust me on that. Okay. Again, it's kind of be, it's going to be kind of a short one tonight, but you know what? It is a weeknight and, and all that stuff. So hey, find the kids. You give them a big old hug tonight, and uh, after we get through with this, we're going to get into some more low-key, lighter stuff on on just general parenting, grandparenting, how to handle your day, look at your day kind of stuff. But this th- this really did move me, and I think it's kind of important. So everyone, you take a minute, bow your heads, say a prayer to whatever you pray to, the great mushroom in the backfield, whatever it is, and you all have a good day.